This is episode one of the Red Black Green Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Ellington Jr. The Red Black Green Baseball Podcast focuses on the African diaspora's relationship with baseball at all levels. It attempts to tell the individual stories of the players, coaches, managers, scouts, or office members, writers, and others who are a part of the African diaspora via one-on-one interviews. The guest of the first episode is Nas Thomas, a 22-year-old starting pitcher who is a top prospect in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, who was born and raised in Freeport, Bahamas. So, like, growing up in Freeport, always played baseball my whole life. My dad played. His side of the family played. My mom grew up playing softball, so it was always in my blood. Started playing soft baseball when I was five. So just going up, being around the park, being around, like, all the older guys, seeing guys go off to school, college, like, just having that opportunity to, to expand the game and be able to play somewhere else was always a dream of mine. And I never thought, like, growing up, I would have been a professional baseball player or even be in the shoes that I'm in right now. But until I was about, like, 11, 12 years old, and me and my dad, me and my dad and my mom kind of made the decision, like, we think, like, you're kind of good enough to play professional baseball. And I had this coach, I had a couple of coaches, Coach Jerome, Coach Albert, um, they're mm-hmm. from Nassau. And, mm-hmm. and they moved you to a different island. Huh? Yeah. And they took me to the island. So it was a big step for me being that, being that young, just leaving my parents, leaving all my friends, my family on one island, going to another. And I mean, it was, it was. A- Can you explain that? Just, just provide some context, yeah. some more context as a Bahamian and what's that like as well? Being that age, like as a Bahamian, like, in the Bahamas, there's no opportunities, really. When I say that, I mean, there's there's not as much opportunities as in the United States, like another country like Canada, you know what I mean? Because we don't have, we don't play as much games baseball-wise. We don't have, like, facilities, different stuff like that. The visibility. Like, yeah, like, I remember Todd Isaacs um, retweeting that um, – the the Commonwealth's own uh prison in the Bahamas got a better base field got a better baseball field than, bro, than, than the rest of them uh, than any other field that's on any island. Like they build that's crazy. They build a, a major league size field in the prison. And it's just like it's just like let's let's upgrade somewhere else, bro. Let's upgrade where guys actually play, where guys actually are able to to you know invest in the community so that way the community bro. can reap the benefits. Yep. And that's why the way we are now, like as professionals, we come together to try and give back because we know when we were younger, like we never had that opportunity. So like we're trying to show the other kids, like if we're here right now and we're giving back, once you get here, you give back. And that's how we start to bring up the, right. the baseball community. But we're each one teach one. Yeah, but just going back to to me living in Freeport and moving, moving to Nassau. So I remember this clearly. Me and my dad, we were sitting in the driveway and we just got home. And so we walked inside and he was like, do you really want to move? And I was like, no, like, honestly, no, I don't want to move. Like, I'm, I just want to stay with you guys, hang on with my friends. Like, I'm cool. Like, I don't want to go. And I'm begging him not to take me. And he's like, I honestly think like this is the best move for you. Like in the next few years, like you're not going to regret it. So when I moved, I just was like, dang, bro, like I miss my family. I miss my friends. So I was going through a tough time. And then I remember one of my coaches came to me and he was like, listen, if you put in the work now, like all that missing in your family, that's going to be here for now. But in the next five years, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to be worried. And I think that that clicked because I was around a group of guys that 
wanted to work, a group of guys that wanted the same goal as me, wanted to reach the same goal as me. So I think that kind of helped and boost my confidence and made me able to feel comfortable in a new island, in a new environment. So, And you know you could lean on them because they were going through the same thing as you. Definitely. Definitely. So, and then that's what brought us closer. So like earlier, that's why I told you like me and Jazz, me, Jazz, Todd, Lou, like all the professionals, we're all close together. We still go home. We work out together. We go out to eat together. We do everything together. So just being from there, just being from there is honestly a blessing, honestly, um, because I felt, I feel as if like I felt the need to, to be from the Bahamas in a way, because the country, the country's different, man. Like the guy, the younger guys down there, you see the talent down there, it's different. Like I feel as if if guys just get the opportunity to play, the opportunity to develop themselves, develop their game, develop themselves as a person, they would be phenomenal. And like I said, we don't have the opportunities, but it's gonna get there, it's gonna grow for sure. So Yeah, I, I like your attitude about that, bro. Um tell me about you know, because you were a position player most of your life. Just tell me about you were you were what third base shortstop, right? Third base shortstop. Okay. Just just tell me about what your game was like growing up and and how your identity was tied to that as a hitter. Looking back on it in hindsight. Growing up, I played shortstop, third base my whole life. Uh, working out showcases in front of teams, schools, all that. And I mean, at first, like when I'm twelve, when you're twelve, you're just like going through the motions, like you know. But you're just playing the game. Just playing the game. You're just having fun. But now you're trying. Now, once I got to the academy, it was different. It was like mm. trying to reach a goal. We're trying to up team and go. We're still going to have fun. We're still going to do it the right way, have fun. But we need to turn it on. So I had yeah. to switch at 13 where it was like, okay, this game ain't fun no more. It's all, it's kind of about business. And that's the way I kind of, I kind of went about it, just being a shortstop and being a third baseman the whole time. And I felt like honestly, I feel as I think I could have played the minor leagues as a as a position player. But I remember we, I think it was 2016, we were in Jupiter in a World Worldwide tournament, and they had you come in relief because yeah. everybody else had ran out. I read about it, yeah. And I was playing with this team from Chicago, so mm-hmm. and the Upton brothers, their dad was the coach. So oh wow, and that was crazy to me because like I'm from the Bahamas, bro. I'm like. The Upton brothers, his dad is the coach. So I had to ask him myself. I was like, you BJ and Justin Upton's dad? And he's like, yeah, I can call him on the phone right now. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. But we had the World Rugby tournament. I didn't start. I didn't start the first game. It was the first game in the tournament. It was like the ninth inning. So coach come up. He's like, who can pitch? We need a we need an arm. And I'm just like, the guy who's pitching, he's coming up fourth and this and I might get in that bot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so... I went on the mound and it was like kind of like almost my first time actually pitching in front of like people like you know what I mean so and I was out there like 90 to 92 and then after the game it was just like have you ever pitched before it's like nah like never and it was like it was probably looking at you crazy <laughs> Fox, it was like you never like no one told you to pitch and what's so crazy was like when I moved from Freeport my dad told my coach and I saw like He's pretty good at shortstop, but I honestly think he's gonna pitch. And I'm like, hold up, now nah, I don't want to pitch. Like, <laughs> your dad no ball. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> your pop pops no ball, man. But dads be knowing, man. I just they, they intuition about 
little things at times is just crazy and, and, and it's so funny. And it's, it's, just, it's just so uncanny sometimes the way they just be doing it. And it's just, it, it just be little things that you like, really? Blue, bro. It'd be out the blue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for real, man. So tell me about the relationship you built with Cleveland because I know there was a Pacific Scout, Kobe Perez, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was still there. I know he had, was real close with you, and I know Cleveland is real big on building personal relationships and stuff like that. So just tell me what that experience was like for you. That experience was, honestly, it was fun for me because when I first signed, I got into to a great organization like the Indians, um, mm-hmm. like great great group of guys, great players, staff, everyone treated me well. Uh, and then also I had some friends there like Tristan McKenzie. That was a guy like when I first came in the pitching, I was trying to follow. Like, honestly, I was trying to mock everything he did. And he was like low A just because we had the same kind of body type, same kind of build. And I was like, he's, he's almost the number one prospect. So I'm trying to get there and I don't know nothing about pitching. So I had a guy like him, Juan Hillman. So I just had a bunch of group of guys to be around. Will Benson, like those type of guys. And then Xavion came, Hosea came, like Richie came, like all those guys. Yeah. Shout out um, Hosea and Juan Hillman, by the way. Those are good people. Guys, they my guy. Yeah. Jose is hilarious, man. In the Bahamas in like a week for the home Say word, bro. Um, that's what's up. Tell them boys to say what's up. For sure. But they were all down. It, it was a good environment, bro. Like, we all wanted, like I said, like, it felt like I was in Nassau at the academy again because, like, I was mm-hmm. guys that, that wanted the same goal. We all helped each other out. Like, you know what I mean? And y'all come from the same places and we've been through the same things. And that's that's important. And we, we you know, y'all, y'all are real open about it too. Even the guys who aren't in Cleveland system anymore, y'all, y'all lean on each other on social media a lot, and it's really good to see. Because I feed, I feed off just just seeing y'all do what y'all do to, to do what I do, and it, it means a lot. Because I know, I know, even if we don't cross paths, there's still gonna be things, be things that resonate no matter what. Definitely, because bro, like, <laughs> like me not being there anymore, like. It doesn't take away the relationships that I had. It doesn't take away mm-hmm. what they gave me or the advice they gave me. I still use those stuff up to the day, up to this day, and right. I wasn't. I haven't been there since 2018, and I still talk to those guys because, like, Tristan's in the big leagues now. Juan's about to be in the big leagues. <laughs> like all those guys are about to be big. Yeah, and Xavier just jumped like two levels this year and um, all of that going. after that injury setback and everything. Richie, same thing, like. Yeah, they they doing it, bro. And, and what's not? Why not emulate that? That's what I'm saying. Why not be around those type of guys? And then even mm-hmm. thing, like when I'm home, like in in Miami because I live in Miami. When I'm in Miami, I'm working out with Jazz, like working out with Lucius, with Todd, like all of us. All we all work out together because we feed off the same energy. If Jazz, if Jazz, if I only have fifty percent and everyone else is giving hundred and ten, I'm gonna have to find. I'm gonna have to find a little sixty. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't be out of sync because everybody else gonna know this. Saying everyone gonna make me find that sixty, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so just being just being around those guys, like in that environment with the Indians, was really good for me as as a young guy coming in my career and getting traded from them. I still talk to those guys up to this day. Still uh, use the relationships I have from advice to advice about baseball to advice about life. So it's a really good experience, bro. Just tell me about your journey as a pitcher um, from beginning to now. 
every I, I want to know everything, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there was days where you were probably in that room just freaking out, like, what am I going to do? And I know there was days where, especially this year, where you just had everything under control. Yeah. So, I mean, from the beginning to now, like, the first two years was kind of rough for me because I was just kind of trying to figure it out, kind of, just, and I was over. And I know that's probably the most difficulty you ever had being on the baseball field in your life. And it's happened at the most important part. And I think it was, you know, I did, a, I wrote an article about you last year for my series. And when I looked at your numbers, I'm like, this dude only started pitching a couple of years ago and he, he's still doing this decent relative. And he, you got this stuff. You, you got the, you got the stuff. You got the velocity, you got the movement, everything. You just need the time, bro. That's how I feel honestly, bro. Cause like, I'm starting to figure it out. I feel, honestly, I feel as if I'm starting to figure it out, and it's not—it's not solely on me. It's my dad, my coaches from the behind, like collect. Oh yeah, and definitely. Yeah, like collectively, I'm just using advice from everyone, just trying to put it all together. Because if you think about it, like guys that are playing pro ball started pitching from they were young, and I just started five, six years old. That's what I'm saying. I just started five, six years ago. Not even six, four. All right. And it's been tough from the start because there's been days where it's just like, bro, honestly, I don't know if I can do this no more. Like, I've been trying. Like, it's too hard. But then I stuck with it. And I remember my dad and my coach from the Bahamas, Jerron, he was like, just stick with it. Like, if you could learn how to play shortstop, you could learn how to be a pitcher. And once they told me that, it was like, that's honestly true because I didn't wake up and became a shortstop. I put in the work for it. So I feel as if like all it is is me putting in the work, me having some time. And I mean, being in pro ba- pro baseball, trying to learn right now is hard because you only have a small window. And I feel as if like, if for any guys that are coming up behind me that are like me, that, that are starting to pitch when they get in pro ball, I think it's hard for them because like time waits on nobody. And the quicker you learn it, the better you would be. But it's hard. Honestly, pitching's hard to learn because it's a lot of... Mm. A lot of stuff you have to get down back. And but it was hard. It was hard for me in the beginning, man. And then going into 2019, when I got traded, came to the Pirates. We changed my mechanics up a little bit. 2019 was my best year. I felt really good. Uh and then even leading into to the COVID season, like I felt really good going into the COVID season before we got shut down. And you probably found yourself wanting to pitch more and more. That's what I'm saying. Like after 2019, it was like Okay, it's starting to click. I want I want to get on the mound as much as possible. I want to play in games as much as possible. And then we got shut down. And once we got shut down, we I was in the Bahamas, so I, I still didn't have like the opportunity to really be at a facility every day or like have like a rap soda or pitching like pitching tools and pitching coaches with me on a daily basis to to see my faults and to see my goods. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of me working with my dad, working with my infield coach that knows a little bit about pitching, stuff like that. Just trying to use as much eyes and heads to put together, like, the best 10 hours I can put together, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Leading into 2021 season, I put it together for the first couple of games. like felt really good and then had, like, a little mechanic change. And that just kind of kind of threw me off. Couldn't really get back to what I really wanted to. But, I mean, still fought through it. Like, honestly, bro, like I said, time waits for nobody. So you just got to keep going regardless. So still fought through it. I mean, there's, there's always going to be times where it's like where you're down, where it's like, bro, you don't think you're going to do it no more. Like, 
you had a bad game, bad outing. You're just like, bro, what's going on? I feel great. And then it's going to be times where you feel terrible and you strike out 10. So <clears throat> I talked to my dad. I remember speaking to my dad after, like, after the mechanic change and the injury and all that. And he was telling me, he was like, I mean, the sun got to shine one day. And once that sun shines, just don't let it stop shining. Just keep building off of that. And coming towards the end of the season, I see I seen some flashes of my old self and how I felt and how I used to move. And I feel as if that's a good sign for me because I just need to build off that. And now that I'm at camp right now, just learning, learning in different drills from different guys, big leaguers, like guys like Quinn Priester, JC Flowers, like um, Austin Roberts, like a lot of guys I can name. But just learning, just feeding off different players, learning from those guys, guys that already pitched for six, seven, eight years. You know what I mean? Just just trying to use some things like they use in, in their delivery or with their pitch design or their movement and just try to implement it in my game with the coaches. So I feel as if going into 2022 should be a pretty good year. I should be pretty solid year. But just the whole pitching process has been – it's been it, – it had its ups and downs. But honestly, like I wouldn't – I don't think I'd trade it for the work. It's, it's just showing me that I can do it. And if I can – like – who knows what else I can do? You know what I mean? So, Yeah, with you being the only real visible, or I think you're the only Bahamian prospect in baseball right now that pitches, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we have – he's not a prospect with the, with, the, with the Tigers, but we have a pitcher that from the Bahamas, Chavez Fernando. He's with the Tigers. Oh, in okay. This year. And in the oh, my bad. My fault. But, but yeah, I mean, it's not a lot. You know, you guys are – position player centric mostly but you know i know you got the pitching camp and everything you do and, and and all that can you just talk about that and you know maybe look at your influence down the line as a guy that could turn the bahamas into a place that could produce pitchers like they produce infielders and outfielders bro because like everyone if you go down to the bahamas right now everyone's going to tell you they want to be they want to hit they want to be an infielder they want to be an outfielder they want to be a catcher like no one wants to pitch but if you look at the guys that are infielders, outfielders, and catches, they can throw. Like, we have guys that can really throw. Like, I know a 15-year-old, 16-year-old Janelle Miller. Like, he's 88, 89, lefty. And he's 15. That's what I'm saying. He's 15. But he can really swing it, too. But he wants to pitch. He wants to pitch. But I know in his mind, like, that's not the sole, like the thing he really wants to do. I think he would be happy playing as an outfielder in the minor leagues, but he's capable of pitching. So I feel as if, like, me giving back with, like, tournaments, camps, and different stuff like that on my island, different islands, I could open up guys and talk to guys and show, show them, like, I mean... There's more pathways. There's other pathways for you being a big leaguer. Like, you might want to be a shortstop, and you might be able to play professional baseball as a shortstop, but that's not the goal. The goal to be a shortstop on a big league roster. And mm -hmm. Some guys, some guys in professional baseball might not see you as a as a shortstop in a big league roster, but they might see you as an ace on their roster. And I feel as if that's how I had to look at it. I mean, I feel as if I still can play shortstop at a professional level, but I just look at it as a team want me or feel as if I can be a really good asset on a big league roster as a pitcher. So if that's the case, if someone see me like that, that's what I'm going to go towards and put my whole heart behind it. So I feel as if with um, tournaments and camps, I can show guys, like like you said, different pathways, 
Uh, different ways, to, just different ways to get to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk about, um, you know, for me growing up, my favorite player was CC. You know, being from Northeast Ohio, seeing him on the mound every five days, and just how good he was, and it just felt so familiar. You know, especially with how 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 outgoing he was and how he was never soft spoken. You always heard him. You always saw him, no matter even if he wasn't pitching. And going back looking at the other pitchers, going back to Satchel Page, with et cetera, Bob Gibson, you know, mm-hmm. black pitchers, even in Negro Leagues, black pitchers always had swagger and flair, you know, and and I'm sure you picked it up from Tristan and all them other guys as well. Yep. Um tell me about what that was like for you developing that and and how that's kind of played into who you are as a pitcher. I mean, so I just kind of I kind of try to take it from being a shortstop because I know like coming into professional baseball, like for pitchers, everyone is like pitchers are not athletes. Like they're not. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel as if every pitching coach tell me like be athletic, be, be the athlete you are. PFPs, like anything on the mound, they're just saying be athletic. So I feel as if like if I'm being athletic, I want to be a shortstop. So why not be a shortstop on the mound? Why not be a shortstop when I'm just in the dugout watching the next guy on the mound? You know what I mean? Just bringing, just trying to bring swagger back to the game. Just trying to bring a different type of flow to the game because I feel as if anybody I talk to or like I speak to, they're like, oh, I don't watch baseball anymore because it's boring. And I'm just... My friends are like that. And like, my friends are like, Pat, we only care about baseball because what you're doing. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's that's exactly why. Because we, what what's compelling for us is is not going to be compelling for all the audiences. And how we express ourselves in the game, we've always done, regardless of the medium. We're just, we we, we, we like our swag. We, we like expressing ourselves. I mean, especially in baseball when most, mostly everybody's failing most of the time. I mean, what you expect? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like when, when people get mad about celebrating, I'm like, this is these dudes are the best of the best, and they're still failing most of the time. They're failing. They're, and, no, they're failing seven out of ten times. That is yes. Crazy. And then, and then, yeah, it's crazy to think about. And you're still the be- and you're the best in the world at, at what you do. That's your job. In the world. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. just bringing that swagger back, like seeing guys in the big leagues, like. Like Tristan McKenzie, Jazz. You got Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. You got CC when he's in the big leagues. Even CC now, Swaggy. Like CC, yeah, around. with the podcast and all that. That's what I'm saying. His 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 cleats. His bro. Like seeing that now, seeing those guys like bring that type of energy, bring that type of swagger back to the game. It's just making it making me want to get to the big leagues more. Making me like excited to get to the big leagues because it's like okay, now I can actually be myself. Like my Instagram and my Twitter name and everything I stand for is just be yourself. It's a clothing just be brand. You. Just, be, just be yourself. It's my clothing brand, like you said. I'm yeah. like just and, seeing and, those guys do that, just being themselves. Talk about that. I wanted to ask you about that at the end, but now that you brought it up, it's a perfect segue. Just talk about your clothing brand. Uh, um, so, we can have that plug in. So I got a, we got a clothing clothing brand. We sell hot shirts, hoodies, et cetera. Um, it's called JBY Clothing. Uh, so we just, mm-hmm. we basically, so it's me and my brother, Franco Melly, plays at basketball at FGCU. But we came up with it and it was just like, if we could, if we could express, if everyone could express how they truly are, the world would be mm-hmm. so much, so much better and so much different. Because 
if if you look around, like everyone's trying to be like someone else. Like I mean, it's good to it's good for you to try to be like this celebrity or try to be like this person. But I feel as if if you're trying to be like them, the ways the ways that they they that they do certain things should be the like how you do it, not you being solely like them. Yeah, taking it too far. You see what I'm saying? Like taking it too far. If you just be yourself and express how you feel, like what, do what you want to do, and just just be you, the world would be so much more creative, so much more better because everyone's everyone's different. One, everyone's genuine. Like like the, the ideas of people would be genuine, would be different. So you know what I mean. So I feel as if just putting. Just putting that on a shirt, putting that on a clothing, instead of us saying it all the time, we can express it. People like anywhere you go, someone's gonna see the writing on your shirt. So if we could, if we could express that to people without even saying it, then we can make it we could even we can make a change that way. You know what I mean? Just by putting energy out there. Yep. And bro, like the main goal for us is just just letting everyone know like it's okay to be to be yourself it's okay to be who you really are you know what i mean like you don't have to fake who you are you don't have to you don't have to try to be like no one just be you be genuine and just live your life with love bro like everyone like think about it bro like no one likes a fake person no one likes someone that's going to take advantage of them like you know what i mean like if you just be if you just be real you just be straight up you just be the truest like me i'll be the truest to Naj i could possibly be like there's no way for no one not to not to to like me. There's no way for for hatred, because I'm just being I'm just being who I solely am, like who I truly are. Yeah, I hear you, bro. That, that's great, man. Thank you for that. Okay, so talk about <laughs> living in the United States. What is it? It's faster. It's a faster life, I would say. And the reason I say that is because more people, like I say, more opportunities, more things to do, and like just always being on the go i feel as if there's always something there's always something for me to do here uh keep my mind off off certain things just being able to like be free just kind of live on my own you know what i mean and when i first moved when i was 16 it was hard because it was a new environment and it wasn't something that i was used to had to get used to it's so different too it's so different because like you walk down the street, you walk down the street and you, you'd be like, hello. And someone wouldn't even say hello back to you or like, good morning. Let's not say hello. Say good morning. Like someone wouldn't even say, and just from where I'm, where I'm from, like that's, that's common. Like if you don't say good morning, yeah. if you don't say good morning, when you walk into a room or something like you rude or like, yeah, you say hello. Or you say hi when you walk in somebody's house. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you're, you're the rude one. So like some, like your parents, your parents and grandparents are getting on you just because of that. So just me moving at a young age and coming over here, just something as small as that, it was a different environment for me. And just trying to learn not to, not to bring, not to trip. You know what I'm saying? Not to, not to, not to trip, not to worry about it. Like, don't let it get to me, and then don't let it change me at all. You know what I mean? So it was, it was different, but just had to adjust, just had to learn, you know, and then just live my life. Yeah, man, I hear you. That's moving I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize um how different in america is yeah bro no i don't i don't i honestly feel as if people don't because like visiting other countries when you want to be able to visit other and you get the chance to like 
you see different cultures and you see the way people live. And like just, like just for me, just being able to like go to somewhere like Dominican Republic and being able to like work out there and stuff, just seeing like how other people live and what they do just to just to be able to like get water or be able to just play baseball. It, it changed your perspective of life, you know. Yeah, it, it puts you in a different place and it puts you in a, a better place, you know. Yeah, makes you look at things um, all that. Yeah, like I, I lived in China for a little under a year um, when I was in college. So I, I really understand your perspective a lot. That's how, bro, it's crazy because like when you get there, you see how people like how people live. Like you don't know. Everyone say it like you don't know what other people are going through. And just going, just being able to visit different places. That's why I'm so fortunate. I'm, I'm so fortunate and blessed to be able to do that because it it made me look at, at people different. It made me look at people's perspectives different, like the things they do, because you never know like where they came from, like what they've been through or what they're going through. So just something small as that is it's so different, bro. Mm. Um who are you some of who are some of your favorite players growing up? Growing up. When I was younger, it was definitely number one, Derek Jeter, Cano. Um, when I was like eight, my first my first favorite player when I was eight was Jorge Posada. I was a catcher. That was my first favorite player. CC was definitely one. Just watching CC like pitch because I remember my my friend. He's a lefty. He plays in college. Dominique Cully. He always used to like try to imitate wind up when we were playing like backyard baseball. And ever since then, I was like CC. CC Sabathia and went on YouTube, look him up, and ever since then, like watched, watched them, loved watching play. But my favorite, some of my favorite players now, definitely Jazz. Gotta rock with Jazz. That's my boy. Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson, he the goat for sure. Tristan McKenzie, Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger. Love watching Trout, uh, Tatis. What are you looking forward to most from this point forward? From this point forward, for me, it's just, well, for, for my game, what I'm looking forward to is just me being as consistent as I can be. And when I say that is with, with my mechanics, with my pitches, with my command, just try to be as consistent as I, as I can be. And then also mm-hmm. from this day forward, not this day, but from here forward, it's just, I feel as if I just need to go out there and compete. And the goal is to get to the big leagues. I mean, double A, triple A, all that's fine and good. Get promoted, but I feel as if everyone in the minor leagues and goal is to the big leagues. So from here on, I feel as if I've been playing for five years so so far. And I mean, obviously I'm not ready right now, but I feel as if it's the time for me to get ready and try to get to the big leagues quick as possible.